Welcome back to The Sporting Goss, and we are currently talking with Ian Chesterman, who is the Australian chef de mission for the Tokyo Olympics, the Australian team chef de mission, and he joins us from Adelaide. What are you doing in Adelaide town, Ian? Good morning. Yeah, g'day, Tim. I've got a great job at the moment, which is moving around the country and announcing all the team members for Tokyo. So we get to 111 today on our way to what we think will be around about 480. So lots to go, but it's a really nice moment to be able to see the athletes, congratulate them on making the team and um, and uh, see the excitement in their eyes because it's not, not long to go now. It very much is. Now, it is a, a strange time, of course, around the world. And I've, I've read with interest and heard with interest you're confident and, the, and, the, and the, those who are uh, sort of going to Tokyo at this stage, the ones who are locked away and the ones that are intending to go, are still confident that it's going to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw uh, even this week the uh, IOC Coordination Commission is in Tokyo meeting uh, and very much about planning the Games in 64 days. I mean, they're spending all their time working out how we do the Games. So no one's talking about cancellation. Postponement's not an option. And the Games are on, and that's absolutely the way we're working. So who who does all the sort of due diligence for that? Are you relying on the Japanese, or have you got people on the ground over there in Tokyo? I mean, how does the how does the information come back to the Australian Olympic team? I think we're uh, well communicated with from the IOC. Uh, they're our primary uh, source of uh, information regarding uh, what's happening in Japan along with the organising committee. And what we're seeing, Tim, is a major commitment from the Japanese government, Tokyo government, the organising committee and the IOC to provide a safe environment for our athletes. And that's going to mean our movements are highly curtailed. It's going to mean we're tested uh, every day. We're tested before we leave. We're tested on arrival. Uh, there's going to be a, it's a very different games, but we uh, rely on uh, the Japanese government, the Japanese authorities, the IOC to give us the all clear that there's safe and secure uh, environment for our athletes, and then uh, we get we get our athletes there. That's the AOC's job is to get our athletes across to Japan safely, and we'll have our own protocols in this country before we leave, and then bring everybody back home. Ian Chesterman, our guest on Sporting Goss here on SEN, Australian team chef de mission. As we count down to the Olympic Games, just a tick over two months to go. So how many of your athletes are vaccinated? Uh, I haven't got the exact numbers, but I'm uh, hoping it's going to be very high into the 90s percent. Uh, we've still got a, a bit of a challenge in getting our international-based uh, athletes vaccinated. So we rolled out the vaccine program last week, had a terrific roll-up for all the athletes here, and now we've just got to get uh, the athletes who are based overseas covered as well. In some countries, that's a relatively easy job. So if you're coming out of the USA... Uh, they've indicated that they'll uh, vaccinate uh, athletes from any country over there before going to the Games. And then we're just working with uh, our government and different national Olympic committees around the world to get the rest covered. So we're going to have a very, very high level of coverage. And the IOC said overnight that they're expecting across all countries uh, that over well over 80% of the athletes there will be vaccinated, which is terrific because it just gives everybody another level of comfort and also is obviously terrific for the people of Japan knowing that the people who are arriving into their country are also vaccinated. So is is it not a not a prerequisite if it's no no if you're not if you are not vaccinated you can still compete? Absolutely, yeah. And that, the IOC has made that clear the whole way along that the vaccine is not compulsory, and in fact the games are organised to run even without a vaccine. So, but that's, it is an advantage that uh, we get as many people as possible vaccinated, uh, and I think that's 
from the Australian point of view, it's also an advantage for when we return home because, uh, mm. as we know, most of our problems have come from uh, quarantine arrangements, returning people from overseas, and, and so we want to be uh, ensuring that uh, we certainly uh, you know, are safe when we come back into this country for, the, for, for all our uh, fellow countrymen. When's the final time that all these chosen sports and your final lineup for the Tokyo has to be named and, and sort of all pulled together? Uh, July 5 is our uh, D-Day for naming the entire team. So we'll obviously uh, be naming people across uh, the coming weeks. I know next week we've got the women's water polo team in uh, Noosa on Monday. I've got uh, the Opals uh, basketball team as well next week. So we'll be rolling them out, but everybody will be done by June, uh, July 5. And then uh, we're doing a special event on July 7 where we'll ask everybody to come together virtually um, and uh, name our two flag bearers. So it's going to be a special moment for all those athletes named. Yeah, no doubt about that. And the Olympics, of course, start July 23. Uh, uniforms, obviously, I've seen those being released. You're obviously very happy. You've got great feedback from your athletes in regards to those. Yeah, I think it's a really important thing we do these days is involve the athletes uh, in the entire process. So we have an Athletes Commission, uh, really well led by... Uh, the pole vaulting great Steve Hooker. Um, so they've been involved along the way as well as other athletes. And so when we uh, turn it out, we know that um, it's not something that, uh, you know, uh, suits me as an old official, but actually works really well for the young and vibrant team that we have. Uh, just uh, coming up a little later on the show, I'm interviewing Matthew Swan, who's announced his retirement uh, from hockey, which is a strange timing for him, but of course it's it's a life yeah. decision for him. So what do you make of it? He's been a great servant for Australian sport. Yeah, he's been uh, amazing uh, contributor to the Kookaburras over all the years. Uh, I've watched him play a few times and uh, he's always so dynamic, so he'll be sorely missed by the team. And it's just one of those things that's happened, I suppose, with the postponement. He was uh, a long career and ready to hang up his hockey stick at the end of July last year, August last year, and, uh, of course, it's gone another year. Life's moved on for him, and now he finds himself in this juncture where he puts his family ahead of uh, his hockey, and uh, I take my hat off to him both uh, for that decision but also his amazing career. Ian, you've been around the Olympics set up for a long, long time. Uh, what's your overview in, in how this has all come about? I'm talking about COVID, I'm talking about delays, I'm talking about concern, I'm talking about the Japanese polls that suggest they shouldn't go ahead. You've been around a long time. Give us, give us the listener and also those who are heading across there as part of the Australian team, the Ian Chesterman view on pulling together this wonderful moment for Australian sport and world sport. Yeah, I think it's uh, really important, Jim, and then you've hit the nail on the head. It's a wonderful moment for Australian sports, a wonderful moment for Australian athletes. And no-one... Uh, can say that it hasn't been a really difficult uh, 15 months for athletes uh, and some of the cycling team we're uh, recognising today were actually named in March last year before the whole games were postponed. Now these athletes have worked incredibly hard, you know, so many of them across a whole lifetime, but even if you look at the Olympic cycle, you know, the last four years and now the last five years. So our job at the AAC is to, you know, reward them for all that effort to make sure that we do get the games off, to make sure that... Uh, they get their moment in the sun that they've worked so hard to achieve. And, and we know the Australian uh, population you know, loves uh, seeing our athletes take on the world's best. And so often, and we've seen it many, many times, we punch you know, well above our weight. So I think it's uh, going to be an amazing moment when we do all come together in Japan 
But I think it's only uh, possible that these games are going on. One, because they're going to be organised in such a different way. But two, uh, we've got to thank our host, Japan, because without their commitment to keeping the games going, then all those dreams of all those athletes would have uh, nowhere to go. So it's, it's going to be a pretty special moment when we do come together uh, and celebrate human endeavour, uh, you know, the best of the best across you know, more than 30 sports. And uh, Australia will probably have, I think, the third or fourth biggest team there, which is remarkable, I think, when you think of our total population of 26 million people. Um, but uh, Australians love their sport. And uh, I think this Olympic team will give uh, our country great reason to be proud. No doubt. Ian, you've been around the Capra for a long time. I know it's an exciting time, a very busy time for you, and I appreciate you coming on the show this morning. My pleasure, Tim. Good on you. Ian Chesterman, the Australian team chef de mission for Tokyo. We're looking forward to it. This is the Sporting Goss.